The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number 67 for August, well, today. August 28, 2006. I am almost certain of it that that is what today is. How are you, John? That was a good bob and weave there. I'm Did very like impressed. Did you like that? Good, good save. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good save. Well, I got a lot to do over here. There's a lot of buttons to push and that sort of thing. And every now and then I can't catch my eye on what it is that I need to catch. So, you know, mm-hmm. we improvise. That's that whole rock and roll thing. So we are back with the uh, Geek Gab here, and we've got a couple of things to talk about. I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. I've been in a allergy-induced fog all day, and my back's killing me, so we'll see, we'll see how this goes. But uh, we have things, we actually have even more on the uh, DVD ripping conversation to wrap up uh, some great answers about uh, a couple of the things we talked about last week, and then uh, I have moved a lot further down the path with my mail email management saga. And so many of you have emailed me asking, saying, well, you know, I was following along on your blog and nothing has happened. You need to tell me what's going on. We will tell you what's going on. And I'll tell you what's going on too, John. And have you reached Nirvana? Uh, I, I might be, I might be, yes. Approaching Nirvana. I don't. I don't know that Nirvana can ever be reached. It's. It's like you know. You're. You're. You're <laughs> gradually approaching this thing that's. That's never really there. But yeah. uh, that. Uh, I. I. Well, <clears throat> let's just talk about it because we're right here. So, uh, as you know, I was using Mailsmith and had all my mail organized into folders, and and we talked about that whole thing. What? And I started considering mail now. <clears throat> In tandem to that, for about the last year, I've been a uh, Trio 650 user, and, and that's my cell phone, and I get my email to the phone. And my email takes an interesting path. It goes to uh, Gmail, and it comes into our server. I funnel it through Gmail simply because Gmail has great uh, online spam filtering, and it's, uh, it's just easy. You know, it's the easy button. So it filters through Gmail, and then comes back to our server uh, and sits in a little IMAP box. Now, IMAP is a, a mail uh, standard, a mail protocol standard. It allows some a great deal, actually, of interaction between the client and the server, much better than POP. And I've got a program called Chatter Email on my trio that that interfaces with this IMAP server. So all the mail is actually stored on the on the server, and then it's just mirrored on my trio. And I, I had had this account that I'd set up just for the trio, and I started thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I'm I'm managing two, if not three inboxes, because I've got the inbox on my desk and the inbox on my trio. And then sometimes I even go into the Gmail thing and and manage mail from there. And I started thinking, wait a minute, you know, this, this whole thing, as I detached myself from this whole, you know, what should I do about managing my email on my desktop? I started thinking, why do I want to manage my email on my desktop? I've already got a perfectly good copy of my email out on the server. It archives things. And it's in a standard protocol uh, or accessible via a standard protocol. It's on my server. I, well, I mean, it's not mine. It's, it's Backbeat Media's. But it's a server that, that you know, I have uh, a, a fair amount of control over. So why not leverage that and have, you know, the unified inbox, the same inbox on my trio that I have on my desktop at the office and the same uh, at 
at home, right? I mean, this is this is approaching nirvana, at least. That's, in that's what it's for. That's what yes. it's for, right? And, and it's a, you're exactly right. That's what if iMac you have, is for. If you have access to it, alas, mm-hmm. like as far as I know, I, I haven't checked lately, but yeah. last I checked, uh, you know, off online here, it does uh, only supports pop. regular pop, not yeah. even. You know, uh, a pop or any of the other uh, IMAP interesting it, versions yeah. or SSL or anything like that. That that would be another option. Right. IMAP, yeah, is uh, something that uh, I guess. Well, because you run the server, right? <laughs> you get to set it up. I, and and yeah. I don't know. I like to hear from people how prevalent it is. I mean, is mm. it? Does your provider offer it? Or? Nope. Nope. Comcast is the provider that we have here in New Hampshire, and no, it does not. They do not offer IMAP. So, so it's because you are. Setting up the server, but it's the right. right way to do it because the IMAP protocol does better management. It, it's great, yeah. Whereas Pop, I guess Pop always pulls it off and deletes it. Well, or, it pulls it pulls it off. There is no, there's no direct interface. It's just it's a it's a client pull kind of thing. There's no uh, interaction. You can't file things on the server with Pop. You can't create mailboxes. I mean, it, there, there are implementations oh, okay, okay. That, that simulate that and, and get close mm-hmm. to it, but IMAP does it for real. Um, but I have noticed, I've looked on the server, you know, and this is a pretty high, you know, high-powered server, the mail server that we run for all of TMO and all the backbeat and everything, and and IMAP actually beats on it. It, it, it you know, Even with just me doing this, it, it it's a fairly resource intensive thing, especially if I'm, uh, you know, pulling from a, a mailbox that's got, you know, 10,000 messages in it or something. So that's probably why you know, your cable provider and, and most ISPs don't offer it. But more are, I believe. And, it, and really, it's the way to go. Uh, so really, today was the first day that I tried this. Now, I'm using Apple's mail app uh, as an IMAP client. MailSmith does not do it. Um, I did think about using Thunderbird, and we'll talk about that. Uh, somebody actually asked about Thunderbird. But uh, right now I'm using Apple's Mail app simply because it, uh, it there are so many add-ons for it. There's a lot of third-party support available for it. All the little tweaks that you want to do are there. Uh, all the spam filters that you might want to use, everything's built for mail app. Not to mention that dot Mac actually allows you to synchronize your, your rules and filters among multiple machines, which for me actually works out fairly well too. So uh, I'm using mail app and I'm, I'm using a, a couple of, uh, a couple of add-ons, uh, both from the, the same guy. And one of them is, I think it's Indev is the, the name of the company that makes them. One is called mail tags, uh, and, and that allows you to, to tag your mail so that you can just store it all in one folder, but, but add some keywords to it, if you will. Uh, but really, the key for, for me is Mail Act On, which is uh, also from, from these folks. And it allows you to do a lot of uh, applying rules to mail with single keystrokes. So I don't have to go to the mouse to file things. I can do it all uh, with, with Mail Act On, and I can even apply keywords with it because it's, it's all integrated there. And... Uh, Seems so far so good. We'll we'll have to see. I did pull my hundred and eighty thousand messages from Mail App into uh, from from MailSmith into Mail App. It, exporting them with uh, out of MailSmith was an interesting story. I complained last week that I wasn't able to do it uh, in a hierarchy. Well, I modified the bare bones provided Apple script and actually made it create a hierarchy. And I'll link to that too if anybody wants it. It's out out there on my blog, and I think Jeff even linked to it from TMO today. So hopefully anyone that's searching for it a year from now will actually be able to find it. So I got that out and I pulled it in. It took an hour to get it out of MailSmith. It took about 20 hours to import it into Mail. 
Um, but now it's there. It doesn't seem to be slow, uh, but I'm not filing into it. I've just got it there as a, as a resource. And I didn't move that to the IMAP server. The, at this point, there's no reason to. So, uh, so that's, that's where I am, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's the... Uh, that that's the, the 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 as close to Nirvana as I can envision, and <laughs> and for me it might work out really well. We'll have to we'll just have to see. So that's okay, so I'm, were these? Uh, I'm curious. Were these MBox files, and they needed to be uh, modified a bit or tweaked a little bit? Or uh, well, Mailsmith stores its mail in it, its own little package, uh, right. and so the the Mailsmith uh, when you you know you choose export mail, you're just exporting one mailbox at a time. Now. That with with fourteen hundred mailboxes, that was not an option, right? Uh, but Mail uh, Barebones provides an Apple script, and Mailsmith is extremely Apple scriptable. So they provide a, an Apple script that would go through the hierarchy and just export everything out. But it would all it would be all the mailboxes in one folder, all at the same level. And of course, I wanted to preserve the hierarchy, so I wrote a script that did that, or I modified their script to do that, and uh, posted nice. it to my blog. Yeah, it's actually the first real. I, I mean, I've tinkered with Apple script before, but it was the first time i really dug into it it's not it's not a bad language it, it kind of reminds me of of other scripting languages like filemaker although it's it's certainly uh more flexible than that there are walls that you will hit with apple script and when you hit them it that's it there's no climbing over them you can sometimes try to go around them maybe but that's that's about as good as it gets so or try automator yeah, although Automator is more limited than AppleScript, it's easier to interface with. But you're not actually writing. I mean, AppleScript is a yeah. it's a, a programming language. I mean, it, you're, you're actually writing uh, statements and loops, and you can assign variables and all that stuff. So, um, well, I, I posted the script to my blog. You can actually read right through it. It's it's you know it, it it's fairly easy to read through. At least I think so. I commented it well. Nice. Uh, w- one more question on the mail app. Yeah. How do you how do you add features? Is it within the mail environment, or do you download little scripts or what do you, what do you plugins? Mean? Or? Add, yeah, there are plugins. You, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. All the all these things appear in at least the two that I've I've installed um, appear in the uh, preferences as as additional panes. So you you, okay. in, you install okay. them, you restart the mail app, and then magically they're there. So uh, it's it's fully integrated into into mail. Cool. So far, so good. Like I said, we'll see how it goes, um, and I'll certainly report back. But that's uh, that's where we're at with it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we, you know, hopefully I've found something that's going to work for me uh, long term because I hate bouncing stuff around. That's it's a time waster. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I wanted to tell you, John, we have a, uh, a sponsor this week for for tonight's episode be light software the folks that make business card composer disc cover image tricks and more mac software are uh sponsoring the show tonight they actually sent me a copy of business card composer to play with they recently updated it to version 4.0 this thing is really cool uh, and and i say that without without being prompted to it, it, i looked at it well i mean they're paying for the ad but i, I wouldn't say it was cool if i didn't think it was i, I launched this thing Man, it is easy to create a very slick-looking business card, uh, and and it pulls from a dress book, right? So I, if I needed to create business cards for all of us here at TMO, I could you know easily pull all the information in. I don't have to type it all in. All these templates and formats. Of course, you can add your own graphics in. But I, I think there's I mean I think there's over twenty thousand images built into the thing, and probably 
I don't know, what do they say here? 600 different card designs, all different layouts and ideas that, of course, you can tweak, but uh, it, really amazing. And when you go to print, it, it's got all the Avery labels built into it, so you can just go buy stuff from the store. And it's not just Avery. They're just about every brand. I looked in the list. There were brands I'd never heard of. Uh, so you can you know coordinate all that stuff, pulls in your stuff from iPhoto. Killer. Business card composer from B Light Software at uh, BeLightSoft.com. Great. That's awesome because I was going to talk to you about new business cards. You know, Excellent. Promotion. <laughs> Did you get a promotion, John? <laughs> you didn't get the memo? I think we filed that in the circular file, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mu- you know what? I must have lost the memo while I was migrating mm-hmm. my email back and forth. So next quarter, yeah. you know, next quarter when it comes around, I'm sure I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll see it then. <laughs> uh all right well, let's move on to let's move on to dvd ripping here and uh see what richard has to say Whoa. what's that richard richard yeah rich because i asked about something and, and richard he's nuts he is nuts that's right good morning john and dave uh richard from raleigh north carolina calling you recently answered my question about the use of VPN for the eyesight while I travel. Uh, thank yeah. you for your suggestions. You bet. I will try them all uh, to get this working for me. In your Matt Geek Gab show 66, you had the discussion or ongoing discussion of the DVD ripping exercises. Uh, try just about all of the ones that you have discussed. In your comment, uh, I believe it was John was saying that he wished there was a way of throwing two 500-gigabyte hard drives down and simply watch the movies he wanted to watch. That was me. I'm currently working on trying to get that system put together uh, and actually have it working at this point, but uh, it's a little bit kludgy. Uh, I have purchased two 500-gigabyte mini-stacks that I've put under a new Mac Mini Dual, and I'm using Media Central for the uh, for the replacement of Front Row to view the program, uh, view the shows. The shows uh, I'm getting onto the hard drives by using Handbrake and setting the resolution that I want to store it, and then I'm storing all of those movies into directory, which can be used by either iTunes, which lets me to share those throughout the house, or uh, putting the alias into a movie directory that the Media Central can play. Um, I've backed up the system also using my Sony Klee UX50 using the Bluetooth or the 802.11, you can use either and a program called Sailing Clicker, which allows me to use it as a remote control for the device. Uh, Additionally, I went ahead and added in the ITV250, which has allowed me to make it into almost a full entertainment system. So I can listen to music, I can watch TV, or I can watch movie on demand, basically turning a Mac Mini into a TiVo. Um, I think that's a good definition of geeky, but, uh, <laughs> I'll let you figure it out. Uh, my email address. Oh, oh. wow. That's, uh, uh, I, I don't know what to say after that. 
I mean, that's that's. I think that's all. The next, you know what it is? There it is. The next party. Thanks, is folks. We're uh, we're at it. No, we're not out of here. <laughs> I don't know how to top that. That's awesome. That's, the next party is is at his place. We yeah. just have to. Now, have you taken a look at, at at this app that he referred to called Media Central from uh, from Equinox? This uh, thing looks just, cool. Just starting to peek at it. It looks yeah. like super uh, super front. It's like yes. front row. Front row on, on rails. Yeah, that's what right. What it wants to be when it grows up. Right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> and it probably will. I think you're right. I think eventually it will get there. Uh, front row will. But but this is cool. And it looks like, what, 30 bucks or something uh, to, to get a copy of this thing. Definitely worth checking out if you're if you're heading down this path. And you're right. Uh, you know, I said I said it wasn't available. It is available. You can build it yourself and do it. Certainly. You've proven that. And you can do it well. What what my uh, my rant was, was that there is no box. I, you know, you and I can do this. The, the 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 geekier amongst us can do it the 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 less geeky amongst us can listen to what richard has talked about here and and piece mm-hmm. this together but you know the the guy that's got you know 500 movie dvds in his library or whatever that's not really a computer geek but he's a you know a, a connoisseur of a movie connoisseur he's not going to necessarily want to head down the path of a building this and b maintaining it he wants to buy a box right circuit city 10 minutes later he's back in the car with this box he brings home bam plugs it in and it does all of the stuff that that richard just just described that's not available because the movie companies have have thwarted (laughs) they have this stuff has been built right i mean clearly clearly something like this would sell the movie companies have have stopped it from happening so that uh, they they can maintain their their control over the the industry. It's a short sighted thing, but they're making a ton of money, so it's it's worth it to them. I mean, it's just capitalism. We must, yeah. we must rise up, brother. Yeah, well, well, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> we just wait for these guys to die off. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so Actually, that's that. yeah. I guess just it's evolution. Well, it is. It, yeah, it's it is. in a in a sense. In a sense, yeah. Uh, along up. along these same lines, uh, Aaron writes in and says he's a best man at a wedding, and instead of another standard speech, he wants to make a short film with a collection of movie clips put together with a voiceover. He thinks he can do it with iMovie. The trouble is, how do I get DVDs I legally bought imported into iMovie? Now, this is where it gets gets. And I, I'm I'm no lawyer. I know John, of course, is is. Uh, He's well. I, I, you're what? I'm not just, a lawyer. Just either. about to be voted up uh, under the nominated for the Supreme Court. I think, right, John? I think that's that's your your next gig. That's that promotion you talked about. Uh, but I'm certainly no lawyer. So if you if you have any legal questions, John will field all those for you. Uh, <laughs> but in theory, it sounds reasonable that you could pull this stuff into iMovie and build what you're talking about and play it for you know your group of friends, but. I don't know. I, I think that might head down the path of it being a quote unquote public broadcast, right? And then at that point, you're taking copyrighted material and broadcasting it. Now, is there any difference between gathering all gathering all your friends together and having them watch, you know, Mad Max on your HD TV and this? No, I don't think so. Uh, but the the movie industry has made it very difficult to pull this stuff off. However. Like Richard said, and like we've said before, Handbrake is one piece of software that will pull uh, these DVDs and import them into iMovie. 
And I believe Handbrake will actually let you pick which sections you want to you want to pull in, so you're not forced to, to yeah. rip the whole thing. And then, of course, you can also try Mac the Ripper. That'll that'll create VOB files, which are MPEG two files. And I believe if you get the QuickTime uh, component, I uh, think yes. iMovie will read them. Yeah, we talked about that. Yes, there's an yeah. MPEG two reader optional component. That's right, which will read uh, VOB files. That's uh, right, unprotected, of course. That's right. Two zero six 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 geek is the number What's, that you can, uh, you oh, can dial into. I'm and, gonna go and, call and you it. know, I, I realize <laughs> I realized today, at looking at my cell phone for a year now, we've been saying two zero six 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 geek, and on my trio, I have no letters for for the phone numbers. So I'll tell you, it's two zero six 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 four three three five. Uh, just in case you have a phone without numbers, like uh, is that a really like small me? phone? It's so small that. No, it can't fit the letters on. Or? No, but it's like the numbers are on the keypad of the. It's weird. Hmm. Anyway, you can see a picture online. It's much easier than me trying to sit okay. here and explain. Okay. It, so. Next. <laughs> uh, next, huh? Where are we going next? I guess we go to Dave. Hey, Dave and John. Uh, Dave Hassel here from the UK. Just phoning up about that question somebody had with Azurius. I think you'll find that if you actually go and find the preferences to just the text file, you can actually edit the window uh, location, the X and Y coordinates, which means that you can then move the uh, window back into some sensible uh, desk space that is actually visible on a single monitor. Um, also, just a, another quick reply uh, to your VPN question. If you're um, on the same network, so, um, you can actually change the size of the subnet um, and change it from 255.255.255.0 to maybe 255.255.255.252 or some other appropriate multiple and maybe get the network to work that way if the two sets of IP ranges uh, differ within inside that uh, Class C network. Okay, really enjoy the show. Uh, very, very good for I listened in my car. But um, I wait until I got to work until I made the phone call. Okay. Awesome. Enjoy it. See you soon. Bye bye. Uh, okay. So it were two things there. One was his his suggestion for uh, editing the. These were two very geeky uh, suggestions. High on the geek meter. So if you have an app that whose windows are are off the screen, like we discussed last week with the, with that gentleman with Azurius. You can. You can go edit the preference file and, and perhaps find where that is and, and try and move it around. That's yeah, actually I look. Yeah. Good luck. I couldn't find it. Yeah. And and then his comment about the IP range, again, very, very geeky. We're talking about connecting if you're on a hotel, a subnet at a hotel and you've got the same subnet at home. If your ranges just so happen to be different enough, meaning say at home you're your IP addresses end in dot ten, and at the hotel they're ending in you know dot two hundred. Then yes, you can change your subnet mask and limit that down to have it to force it to go to the router to get to something outside. Now, even doing that though, the router may may force it back in because the router says no, no, I know where this is. But uh, but who knows? Perhaps that would uh, that would be yeah. enough to do it. As my thought would be, DHCP would 
pretty much take care of setting the, the subnet properly. You'd you'd have to do DHCP manually. That's that's right, or or, or edit edit the routes after the fact, or edit the uh, IP configuration after the fact. And yeah, that that gets very uh, well, very geeky. There is another not quite so geeky solution for the window thing that I didn't know about. Hey guys, I'm calling in reference to the gentleman who is having an issue with his application window being open on a second window or a second uh, monitor, and then when he went to the single monitor, he couldn't access that application. Um, Your suggestion uh, was one that I've never tried, but I had run into a similar issue. And what I had done uh, to resolve the issue, or at least this is the way I remember it, I went to the main, the monitor preference pane in system preferences and gathered windows. Um, and Oh, my goodness, what was that? <laughs> and that seemed to pull all the, uh, uh, all the application windows into the single center window. Uh, I usually have three monitors. Uh, at home, but sometimes uh, I've noticed uh, when I use my laptop and I switch from one to two that, you know, occasionally that's what I've done in the past. I haven't had that issue, though, in a very long time. Hope that helps. That's uh, that's that's just pure genius because clearly that work, that should work just fine. So uh, that, did you did you see that out there if you go into your monitors prefs, John? Or display preferences, I guess. If you go to system preferences, I go don't. To displays. I don't because I don't oh, because you have only the, have one screen. I don't think I have the oh yeah that. Which is why not. I was scratching my head oh, when I heard this. I'm yeah. like oh, but but then I searched online and I found references to the feature. But yeah, I guess it consolidates everything on on a single display. Yeah, so but that's not going to fix the the problem if you are. I mean, the issue is if you're usually on two displays and then are only on one and launch launch an app that goes off to the side, well, the feature's not going to be there, I don't think. I'll have to experiment with that. That uh, Or if you just go to the... If, if you got a monitor in the menu bar, if you just go to... A, or, or actually the preference, if you just say uh, the text displays, I think that would yeah, probably... Yeah, one, one other person actually had a... Shape. Had an interesting thing they said mm-hmm. to, to try mirroring the displays. But again, that requires two uh, two screens to be attached. So before that option becomes available. So yeah, I'm not sure that that's uh that that's the answer. Hmm. No, it's also a Java application which I did notice. What's this? Or at least I thought it was um or uh, felt yeah, it is. Okay. Uh Azurus Azur mm-hmm. the frog, the thing with the frog. Right. Azurius. No, it's run on Java, so I think it's doing a different uh, Azurius. That's his name. Um, yes. But no, that is running under Java at some level, though I don't know if it's... Okay, no, I see SWT. It, it is running under Java, but it, it's it's fairly mm-hmm. Mac... Uh, you, you wouldn't know that it was running yeah. under Java unless you went and looked. It, it, it inherits all of the uh, normal interface stuff. So, yeah, I think yeah. the... Uh, I think going, going to the uh, window menu and choosing Zoom would... Would would probably would still work? Yeah, I think that's the that's the trick. It looks so. a little different though. But anyways, I don't I don't think it's Java. I was just speculating. Uh, yeah, it's a nice client though. Yeah, you need to do that sort of thing. So, uh, how are your how are your PowerBook batteries there, John? Uh, I'm getting new ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I 
punch in my serial number, which, uh, you know, one way to do that for yep. those who want to get it quickly, you go to uh, About This Mac, and it'll show you the version of the OS you're running. If you click once on that, it'll tell you the build of the OS. Mine is HA135. You click again, you get the serial number of the machine. Right. Uh, yeah. But that so doesn't give you the serial number you can't of your copy battery. That. You cannot copy that. No. Right. And oh, how do you get that? As far as I know, you gotta you gotta take the battery out. Yeah, yeah it doesn't. It, it, as far as I know, it doesn't tell your Mac. Its I thought number. X battery would, but I don't think it does. Uh, X battery is a nice utility. It to, is. Uh, yeah. So no, are you? So have... you've got two of these recalled batteries. Actually, Lisa's got one in in the power yeah. book that she uses here, uh, and and I imagine you have yours on order, just like uh, just like yeah. we do here. Four to uh, six you, weeks. I got you? the confirm. Confirm email. Yeah. Did you take your batteries out and stack them off to the side, and you're just running the laptop off the uh, off the power adapter like they suggested? No. <laughs> okay. Just checking. <laughs> How about you? Uh no, no way. Lisa, Lisa, forbid me to do any such thing for to her laptop. And trust me, I know where the boundaries are, and uh, and and that's the key to uh. to a, a, a successful marriage is. You know, knowing when that line is not to be crossed, much better to blow up the house with a faulty battery than it is to uh, upset the wife in that in I'm, that regard. So. I'm hoping I'm hoping for a large cash settlement. If your house explodes, well, see, I think the <laughs> fact that you've ordered the battery shows now that you know that this thing's dangerous. I'm not so sure that that cash settlement's going to be coming your way anytime soon. <laughs> I wouldn't start spending that money until you get it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah uh, mine, mine, mine weren't hot, but if, the machines, it's funny, they, uh, now you've, uh, like on your um, MacBook, you've, you've gone through a couple of firmware updates that kind of fiddle with the fans and stuff like that. Yeah, at least one, if not if not two. I think there, yeah, I think there were two, actually, so. Yeah, I've had hot, hot Macs, not hot batteries, though. Uh, like especially the early PowerBook, G, uh, PowerBook G4s uh, did get quite warm, not almost burned, but pretty close. Huh? Yeah, it, it, the MacBook still gets hot. I don't. I don't know that there's anything we can do about that. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's that. Uh, I'm looking at the list here, and you know, I, we're, we're gonna we're gonna start uh, we're, we're gonna start heading out of this thing here. But I did want to talk about Which one thing. thing. This this podcast, this this show, you know. Oh, the, the, I thought you meant the other thing. This little bit of. Rock and roll here. Is there something I'm missing here? I don't think so. You know, uh, this week and this week only, if, if you're someone who hasn't yet subscribed to the feed and you're just downloading the MP3 or the AAC directly from the website or whatever, if you haven't subscribed to the feed this week, we're actually offering a promotion. You can subscribe for free for life. So make sure you go out and do that. Tell all your friends that, uh, that, that you can do that. Right, John? I'm, I'm going to go tell them. Okay, good. Bye. You know, uh, you, you know me fairly well, John. Most of the listeners probably don't, just because of the nature of this whole relationship that we have here. But uh, uh-huh. uh, and that program you're a part of. That's right. Yeah, witness protection and all that. Uh, I still have to wear sunglasses when I go outside during the day, and that hat that they gave me. But that's okay. You know that that I don't really have, uh, though I enjoy playing games. I I, I rarely play. Uh, I rarely play games because I simply don't have time for them. Uh, but I'm also a big. Oh, I know where this is going. Yes, you probably do. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm also a big fan of of uh, analyzing things from a social and, and psychological perspective, it, just to just to see how things are. I'm not someone that you know locks people in in the attic for for years and and tortures them or anything. Uh, just days. 
What's that? Just d- d- <laughs> hours, maybe. Uh, but you know, I always like to to see the outcome of, of of different little little things like that. So, about a week ago, my brother, maybe a week and a half ago, my brother starts telling me about this thing, this online game where you you create a country, and it, it's very. The, the time that you can spend on this thing is very, very minimal. Uh, it, it's maybe 10 minutes a day, if that. Uh, usually even less. And it's called nationstates.net is the, is the website. It's free. You can, you can go and play, set up a, a country. And the cool thing is you get, every day you get one or two issues that you have to decide what to do with your, with your little land. And it's been a whole lot of fun. Uh, it, it's a nice little diversion. I, I check it at night or, or in the morning. And, uh, and you just see what's going on with the little country. So uh, we even created a, a group called Geeks Unite, or I guess they call it a region. It's called Geeks Unite. And uh, and if you if you care to to play in our region, you're you're more than welcome to do it. It's not really as though you're competing against each other. It's just more for fun. It's uh, that's just kind of the way it goes. Very interesting. There's a whole backstory that that I'll uh, I'll leave to you to uh, to go read. There's actually a great Wikipedia entry that that sort of explains the the whole thing. But uh, well worth checking out if you're if you're into that sort of thing. Very fun and uh, and come say hi. We're we're in the Geeks Unite group. So on nationstates.net. Have you have you created a country yet, John? Mm, no. Oh, you should. It's a, it really is fun. You know, I I, I made uh, I, I think I banned cars the other day and made. Uh, organ harvesting uh compulsory so uh that's uh i'm still torn between being a you know ruthless tyrant or a uh you know kind of peace-loving hippie Mm -hmm. state i don't know which extreme i want well and that's the beauty of this game yeah don't try to do both though i i i found that that was that that pretty much state yeah it sends the country it sends the economy into the toilet so i had to regain control and 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 resume ruling with an iron fist, because uh, these people don't know what's good for them. I I, I know I, I know so much better uh, for them. It's than, just like than our government. Do. That's right. <laughs> uh, mm. So uh, in about a month, John and I are heading out to Ontario, California, for Portable Media Expo. So uh, if you're heading out there, come say hi. And Ricky Spiro from our. TMO's other podcast, uh, the Weekly Roundup. He is also heading out there. So come check that out. About a week and a half after that is a trade show that TMO has long been a media sponsor of called the Mac Networkers Retreat. Uh, It's now an IDG show, um, but we were media sponsors long before then uh, for years. And uh, and we may actually try to get it's a it's a conference all about networking, essentially Uh, networking on the Mac. So infrastructure and protocols and all that cool stuff that you need to deal with. Basically, all the stuff we talk about here, it's a, a weekend-long thing where you just get together and, and talk about this stuff, and there's conferences and that sort of thing. Clearly, I don't know enough about it uh, to talk about it, which is a shame because we've been media sponsors for so long. So I'm going to try and get Paul Kent uh, to do a quick little interview with us and tell me tell and tell us more about what that what this is and if we can, we'll publish that for our next week's show uh, since it's Labor Day here, and we might uh, we might wind up taking the uh, mm-hmm. taking the weekend off. So that's that. You've downloaded this from Cashfly Hosting. Uh, you can advertise through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. I do want to thank Be Light Software again for being our sponsor of today's show, and uh, I think that's it. I don't have anything else. Do you got anything else, John? That's it. I'm finished. 206-666. 
geek. There it is. Vote. <laughs> vote. That's right. Make sure you vote. And and fill out those iTunes comments. And come say hi on nationstates.net. You gotta figure out who I am. <laughs> it shouldn't be that hard. Or maybe it is. But come say hi anyway. I'm not the UN delegate. Does that mean we can park wherever we want? I think so. Don't get caught. Made up.